just gone through the motions I'm sorry When I just sang another song Take me back to where we started I open up my heart to you I'm sorry Truth holds even when. 
from your face Where can I flee from your presence? Where would I go? Where would I go? If I rise to the heavens, you're with me If I fall to the depths of the sea Even there is your hand that will lead me Wherever I go, wherever I go Where can I go from your spirit?
of the living God this morning. We look a little light in the seats, but that's okay. The Bible said where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in the midst of them. I want you guys, if you have your Bibles, and I pray you do, go with me to the book of Acts chapter 14. Acts 14, we're going to be reading verses 8 through 10. It was, it was good to speak this morning with, with Charlie this morning. He had a lot of questions about where I came from, which is a good thing. You know, you're going to stand up here and preach the Word of God. You, you know, you, it's a great responsibility to be up here, in other words. And, and I'm glad he was checking me. He wasn't checking me to, you know, make sure I was all that in a bag of chips, but he would just make sure I was a man of God. And I pray that I am. I Study and I show myself approved. So once you find your place in Acts 14, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. So awesome to have a full praise team today. I don't even know how to play with a bass player anymore. It was just like, what? So good to have someone to fill in them gaps. You know, when we have just one guitar and drums, it's, there's a lot of emptiness there. So, you know, we just keep praying that God will send the right people and they'll fill in those gaps. You got your place this morning, say amen. The Bible says in Lystra, there was said a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. Everybody say he never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul looked directly at him and saw that he had faith to be healed. And so he called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Everybody say hallelujah. 
Father, we come before you, Lord, in the mighty name of Christ, our Savior, our King. Lord, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the creator of all things. You are the Alpha and the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. And Father, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving, into your course of praise, and we ask, O oh Lord, in the mighty name of Christ, you sure that you'll send a special anointing over this word today, Lord. I, I pray that I'm in your will, and I feel with all my heart that I am. And I just ask, God, that you will speak through these lips of clay. Let the oracles of God be known today, the things that you've laid on my heart. And I pray that we did not come one way and, and leave the same way, but I pray that we came one way and we're leaving different. Lord, I'm always coming to church to change. I want to change. I want to walk in the image and the likeness of my creator. And so, Lord, we have your word today to use as a, a guide, as, as a mode. And use that word today to mold us, to shape us, to make us who we're called to be. We praise you in the mighty name of Christ and God's people said amen. And amen, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord Almighty. First of all, I'd like to begin this morning by trying to build a very good foundation to build this lesson upon. And I want to begin, you got to be quiet in church, son. And I want to begin by building this foundation by talking specifically about who the Word is. Because my Bible teaches me that the Word of God has not changed. We have to understand the authority and the power of the Word of God and that it has not changed. And if you cannot get your mind wrapped around that little fact that it has not changed, then, then you'll never get hold of this message today. Jesus said in Hebrews 13 and 8, that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that the Word of God has all the authority in our lives the Bible teaches us, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that, that all scriptures is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Can I get an amen? And, and so with that said, let's, let's go to the very beginning of all time when the Word of God began to manifest itself, Himself, if you would. Let's go to Genesis 1 and 1. We, we see the beginning, there was the Word. We're going to see this. Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and we see the beginning actually there in verse 3 when God said, let there be light, and there was light. In the moment that God spoke the Word, the word became a reality. Can I get an amen? And so in the same way today, understand that whatever God speaks to you even here, you can take it to the bank. Because if God speaks it, we know that he's not a liar. Can I get an amen? We know who the liar is. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the liar. But God, he is truth. And if God speaks a word to you today, you need to take hold of that word and use that word, stand on that word, and believe in that word. Can I get an amen? 
Numbers 23 and 19 says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he a son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? So let's move on into the New Testament. We're going to see the word once again. We've got to look at verse 1 of John. John 1 and 1. We know this. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were made. And without him nothing was made that has been made. Can I get an Amen. John 1, 10 through 14, he tells us that that he was in the world, and and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, yet his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receive him and believe in his name, he gave them power to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or of a human decision or of a husband's will, but the word became flesh. Can I get an amen? John 1, 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So God is telling us that that in the power of his name, the word of God, that you and I can become new creations. Second Corinthians says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a. Jesus said, I'll tell you the truth, John 3 and 3. Unless a man is born again, he'll never see the kingdom of God. Are you with me so far? And so. We come to one of our favorite verses spoken by the Word of God Himself. And take note of what Jesus says here. You know this, but, but listen to it like you've never heard it before. John 3:16. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So who is him? Him be the word. Can I get an amen? I know I'm good, using them good Englishes up here, but that's okay. You know I'm an uneducated man, but that doesn't change the power of the word of God on my life. So I, I'm not trying to please you or... or impress you with my many words or speaking. I'm just trying to lay it out for you that we can come to even Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one may boast. It's a gift of Jesus is the gift. He's the word. He's the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he says. And that is what we have to get our minds wrapped around today, that he is the living word, the power of the word. Are you with me? Acts 1 and 8 say, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, with all that said, I know that's a lot to think about, and and that's good. You need to think about it. You need to meditate on it. But with all that said, you have to understand that this 
is the same exact word that Paul was speaking there in Lystria. The same exact word when he says, stand up on your feet and walk. It's the same word that, that God said in the beginning, let there be light and there was light. It was the same word that Jesus said to Peter on the water, come. It's the same word that Jesus said to Lazarus coming out of the grave, come forth. And this is what we have to understand, that, that the same word, the power and the authority of the word that was spoken back then is the same power and authority that is spoken today in the house of the living God. And so we have to get our minds wrapped around that God has not changed. His word has not changed. I tell you what has changed, and that is his people. But, but I'm here to say that I'm not standing on man's wisdom or knowledge, but I'm standing on that power and on that authority that gives me the grace to be up here standing before you preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we have to look at where faith comes from. It comes from the word. Romans 10 and 17, 10 17, Romans. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But the problem that most people are dealing with is this. They hear the word, they listen to the word, but they never obey the word. Obedience. That's the key. The disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, Jesus, your, your mother and your brother and your sisters are outside. And Jesus seemed to say, well, well, who are my mother and brothers and sisters but those who hear the word of God and those who practice it? And so this is where we have to step across the line. That we can't just hear the word. We have to believe the authority and the power of the word, but we also have to obey the word in order, in order for things to accomplish in our life for the kingdom of God. James says in 1 and 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Do what it says. And so I want to look at our text today in a way that may make you feel a little uncomfortable. And I hope it makes you feel real uncomfortable. Because this is what I've learned simply being a follower of Christ, being a messenger of God, is that any time that God has called me to do something, it's going to take two things. It's going to take, first of all, faith. He's not going to call you something that everybody can do. He's going to call you to do something that's also going to make you feel uncomfortable if you think it's comfortable standing up here in front of people you you don't know you don't realize what it takes to stand up here because because every time we stand up here musicians never play together ever in our entire life we have to stand up here we we might if we're lucky get to go over the songs once or twice maybe once but then everybody comes in and then all of a sudden we have to do something called Faith. We have to step out in a, a new realm that, that the world knows nothing about. But we have the confidence in the Word of God, the power in the Word, the, the authority of the Word, that, that when we stand by faith, that God is going to honor what we do. 
And so you say, well, that was wonderful. It wasn't us. Because the Bible says, without me, you can do nothing. And so we're not trusting in men. We're not trusting in chariots. We're trusting in something we can't see. Most of the time, we can't feel. And sometimes we can't even hear. But regardless of what we see, feel, or hear, we're still trusting. Are you with me this morning? And so I want to share a few things that's going to make you feel a little uncomfortable. Let's talk a minute about faith and what faith is. Because this is the only way we're going to experience what we're talking about today. Hebrews 11 and 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11 and 6. And, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Today's message is simply entitled, Leaving Your Comfort Zone by Faith. God's calling us to leave our comfort zones today by faith. I want you to turn to your neighbor if you have one there and say, neighbor, has God called you to do something impossible? Have you been obedient to that call? Are you walking by faith? Or are you still laying there lame, dead in your spiritual feet? Oh, we're going somewhere. I think we're going somewhere. Are you with me this morning? In fact, you know, God has been calling this church. I can't speak for all the other churches around us, the cowboy church, the church down the street. I can't speak for, I can speak for this church. But God has been calling this church, I know, for several years to do something. And that is to go. To go. And you say, well, Pastor, how do you know he's been calling us? Because he told me 2,000 years ago in his word. Are you with me? I mean, the Bible simply says there in Matthew 28, 18 and 19, then Jesus came to them and said that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And so God is calling us to go. But as you also know, that we have not responded to our call. And the reason I know that is because we're still lacking in the seat department, in the deacon department, in the classroom department, in the youth department. I know we're lacking in those areas because we're not doing the simple thing of going and making disciples. And so we're thinking to ourselves that, no, I'm just going to sit here week after week and all of a sudden they're just going to show up. Ta-da! No. They'll just keep on driving right on by just like they always have and always will. Can I get real with you right now? 
You know, we, we, we got a $10,000 sign coming. Phenomenal. But here's my question. Y'all don't get mad at me. I'm just trying to be real. Are, are we putting more faith in what we can see to bring in people than putting faith in what we can't see? Because I don't know what your Bible says, but my Bible says that I have all power and authority to go and make disciples. Jesus said, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And what you bind on earth, you can bind in heaven. And what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We need to bind that spirit of fear that's telling us, you know what? I don't know enough to share the gospel with somebody. I don't have enough courage. It has nothing to do with you. It all has to do with the one moving through you. You have to let go of you because you can't accomplish it. But the moment that you decide in your mind that you know what? I'm going to trust Jesus with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. And I can promise you the moment you trust him and the moment you open your mouth, that's when things will change. In this church, I, I, I'm excited about the sign, but I'm going to tell you, my hope is not in the sign. My hope is in Jesus and y'all. Because I can only reach so many myself. But Jesus said, greater works than these will you accomplish. Why? Because there's so many of us. So 2 Corinthians 4.18 tells us, Am I getting on y'all's nerve yet? If, if I am, I'll sit down. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, so, so I fix my eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In other words, as phenomenal as the sign will be, one day it'll short out, rust out, and go back to the ground where it came. But what you and I have in us is eternal. We have power beyond the sign. I got tickled when Jesus gave me this next verse because you just have to see. But, but here's what you got to understand. Jesus Christ, his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection is all the sign you need. In fact, he refers to it as the, the sign of Jonah. We're going to go there in just a minute. But listen to this. Matthew 12, 39 and 40. Jesus answered, a wicked and adulterous generation asked for a sign. Now, I'm not trying to take it out of content, but it's funny. We got to get a sign. Jesus said, here, here's your sign. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the well, so the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth. Here's your sign. You want power, you want people, you want people in the church, use what I have given you called the word of God. In the beginning was the, there it is. Are you seeing where God's taking us right here? He, he's trying to show us that, that we're trusting in flesh and blood. You can't trust in flesh and blood because flesh and blood is flesh and blood. It will fail you. It will let you down every time. 
But the moment you trust in the living God, I can promise you, that's when you'll see power released into your life. You see, one of the main problems that we're dealing with in our world around us, not only are they blind, we know they're blind. The Bible says that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ who is the image of God, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. But the world outside these doors today, these people driving by, they're starving. They're starving inside and they don't even know what they're hungry for. It's just like you today. You're going to leave the church and you're going to say, baby, are you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. What do you want? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. Now, you know you're hungry, but you don't know what you're hungry for yet. Just trying to help you see what we're doing here. (laughs) And so I'm reminded of something that's going to be a little bizarre, but Jesus, he brought it up about the sign of Jonah, so let's just go there. And I'm going to show you something that ain't going to make no sense to you at first, but once we pull it all together, you're going to say, oh, there it is. And I want to talk just a moment about what God didn't say to the prophet, but what God said to the fish. I know I'm a strange person. Jonah 2 and 10, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. So first of all, you got to ask yourself this question. Was the fish created for a purpose, or was he called out for a purpose? In other words, was this fish just created for the purpose of swallowing just a man? Or was he called out from all the other fish to go do something? Let's take a look. We'll see what the Bible has to say. Jonah 1.17, now the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Looking into the word provided, we find the Hebrew word mana. Mana. Not manna, but mana. And mana simply means to tell and to prepare. Has God told you to do something? And if he's told you to do something, then he's provided for you to do that. It's that simple. Now, I'm not sure what type of fish he was. We're going to get that in just a minute, but but here's what we need to look at. Let's use that same analogy with ourselves. Was I created for a specific purpose in life, or did God call me out of all the other fish, heavy metal fish, Come on, amen. Did he call me out of all the other metal fish to do something specifically for him? Think about the question. Let's see what the Bible says. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared for us to do in advance. You you weren't given the gift of guitar and bass today. It's something that God knew 
that He would put in you from the beginning of all time. And then when you were born, all of a sudden you get a hunger and a thirst to be a musician. Music's not, it's not like it is to everybody else because I, I, I want to learn this. Has God put in something hungry inside of you that you're hunger and, and thirsting for today? Something that's not your usual appetite? Because you see, we're, we're not sure what kind of fish this was. Everybody said, oh, he was a whale. We don't know. It says a big fish. But I do know one thing, that mankind was not his normal diet. I'm sure he loved to eat sardines and minnows and perches. And I'm sure he probably liked a baby duck now and then, maybe some cheese or a sausage on a hook. Sammy will kick your butt fishing. Don't go fishing with Sammy. He just grinned looking at Pastor. I'm like, I'm trying, man. Every time he hung one, I'm like, that's wrong. <laughs> you should have hired some swimmers down there, man. Put some fish on Pastor's hook. But, but I'm sure that mankind was not his normal diet. So God called him to do something that's going to be a little uncomfortable. And he's calling him to do something that's probably going to stretch his throat out just a little bit. Going to stretch you out a little bit. Are you with me? God's going to call you out of your comfort zone. It's going to stretch you a little bit in your faith. And so here he's, he's called this fish to do something supernatural. But, but not only that, God now calls the fish to vomit Jonah up on dry land. Y'all with me so far? And so now Mr. Fish, he, he's got to leave his comfort zone called water. I'm used to water. I live in water. I swim. This is what I do. But God said, no, I'm calling you to leave that place of comfort. And I want you to swim up on dry land where all of a sudden I can't breathe. You feel like you can't. You can't swim. You, you're all out of your normal place. And he's been trying to hold this man down for three days. Come on, amen. I don't eat men. And he's holding him in for three days. And finally, he gets to release the man. Whew, I'm glad that's over. I know I'm exaggerating a little bit, but, but see, God's saying to me that, you know what, I'm going to put a new hunger inside of you. I'm going to stretch you, and I'm going to take you to new limits. But you're going to have to trust me to get there. Jesus said in Matthew 5 and 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. But I'm talking about leaving your comfort zones today. And so he had to leave the water now. Now here's a revelation. I'm just going to read it. Because when God gave it to me, I was like, I'm going to write this down. I'm not going to paraphrase it. I'm just going to read it off the paper because I don't want to miss it up. This was the most awesome revelation I got for this sermon. So listen carefully. The Lord said to me, in order for the fish to achieve the purpose that I had given him, 
The fish had to release from his mouth what I had him to consume. You want me to read it again? In order for the fish to achieve the purpose that I put in him, the fish had to release from his mouth what I had him to consume. What has God been feeding us your entire life since you've been saved? You have been, Jesus said, Matthew 4 and 4, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God has prepared you. He has been feeding you. But in order for the revelation to happen in your life, you're going to have to open up your mouth and release what you've been consuming. Oh, hallelujah. Because you see, it ain't going to do you no good just sitting in your heart. Yeah, David said, Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Perfect. Walk in holiness. Walk in his righteousness. But, but if you're taking the word of God and you're not sharing it with nobody, faith without works is, what do you do with something dead? No, you resurrect it. Am I talking to anybody this morning? So now we come to our text. I'm short-winded, so y'all bear with me. I was born in March, long-winded. In Lystra, verse 8, there said a man who was lame, and he'd been that way from birth and had never walked. Now, here's what you got to see in the equation. I'm going to show you six things. Because, you see, this man had everything he needed to do the job. But he could not accomplish the job until he got a word from God. In other words, this man sit there his entire life, maybe 30-something years. I don't know how old he was. It doesn't tell us. Just saying maybe 30, maybe 20. Who knows? He had toes. He had feet. He had ankles. He had legs. He had hip bones. He had everything he needed to do the job except he didn't have the Word of God to move on it. Are you with me so far? I see, I'm seeing in my spirit that some of you are feeling a little lame in your spirit. You're, you're wanting to do something for God, but, but let me just say this. You have everything you need. You have toes. You have feet. You have legs. You have you have something called the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have power. You have a mouth. You have a mind. You have everything that God has created you to have, but it will not do you no good unless you open your mouth and release what he's put inside of you. And so you say, well, this message ain't for me. I don't belong into this church. If you walk through those doors today, I'm sorry. If you walk in those doors today, I'm sure that maybe God had a purpose. And I think it's also for those who didn't even come today. Because anytime God has a word for you, the enemy would do whatever he can to keep you from hearing it. I'm feeling sick today. That's when you get up out and say, Hallelujah. I'll stay my distance away from everybody, but obviously there's something there for me. 
The moment you feel the enemy start pulling you away from God's word, that's the moment you need to start fighting. Say, you know what? I don't care. I'm gonna, I may not have no gas. I'm just going to hitchhike to church. I'm going to get there. Because the enemy does not want you to share the word of God. Jesus said, you have eyes but fail to see and ears and fail to hear. You have eyes. You can see what I'm saying. You have ears. You can hear what I'm saying, but it's, it's going to be the same next week. Just look at me. No, no, no. Don't just look at me. You need to look upon the author and the finisher of your faith. Set your eyes upon Jesus and trust him. What will I say? I don't know, but my Bible said that I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Ooh, hallelujah. You want a fresh word? There it was. Do you remember when the Pharisees asked the man who was born blind, how do you now see? Listen to what he says. John 9, 11. He replied, the man, the man, the man they called Jesus, he made some mud and put it on my eyes and he told me to go. Go. Go to the pool of Salaam and, and wash. So I went. And I washed and then I could see. There's a powerful word called go today. <laughs> We're just looking at it, just glancing at it, man. And so I... Think about it this way. In the same exact way that Paul stood over 2,000 years, he stood up in Lystra. He's preaching the Word of God much better than I could ever because he was phenomenal. And he sees one man out of the crowd who's been lame from birth, and he saw that that man had faith to be healed. You know what I see? I see the same scenario today. 2,000 years later, the same anointing, the same word, the same power. I see I'm looking at you, but I also see that you are looking at me. But let me tell you what I see. I see people today who are willing to get healed by faith. And all I have to say is these words. In the mighty name of Jesus, get up and walk. Now, the fish had a choice. Peter had a choice. You have a choice. I have a choice. I hear the word. I know what he's saying. I'm not dumb. Now, I just got to simply go. I walk by faith, not by I can't focus on my weaknesses because my Bible said that God's strength is made perfect in my Oh, hallelujah. God's strength is made. The weaker I am, the more he can. He says, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were a noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no flesh may boast before him. If you say I'm nothing, you're perfect for the job today. 
And I hope you're saying I'm nothing because if you think that you're all that in a bag of chips, you can forget it because there will be no anointing on your life. I I knew Randy a long time ago. Don't get mad at me, bro. I knew him long when when I first got saved at Ridgeview. And, And back then, he was a young Christian but he's been going a lot longer than I have. But, but I could tell that he had a little bit of a little arrogance about him. Just a little. Just being real. And, and so, and, and so when, when Aaron asked him about coming up, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But when Randy came in and I saw him after 15, 18 years later, this ain't the same man that I knew back then. Because what I see now is not the same. Because here's a man who has humbled himself before God. And now he has anointing on his life because he said, I really don't know all that. In the moment, whenever it was you said that, is, is when the whole anointing changed. And, and I'm sorry, I, I mean, I just try to be as real as I can, but I remember. Because I was a young Christian, I'm trying to look at all the people who's been walking with God. And I said, well, he's not much different than I am, except he knows the word. But now when I see you, man, I think, man, this guy is phenomenal. He's extraordinary. You know why? Because he has the spirit of Daniel. He has the spirit of excellence. So God's looking at you through me today and asking you to rise and walk. And you're thinking, what if I stumble? What if I fall? What will everybody say? Don't worry about that. Leave that in God's hand. Because he tells us in Proverbs 24 and 16, for though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. So here's where I want to close. Can I close, Mr. Kobe? Kobe's my my timekeeper. His clock and the Holy Spirit clocks are the same. You got all the time you need, Pastor. Just go ahead. (laughs) Here's where I close. Luke 9 and 22. Jesus said, the Son of Man, he must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, why did Jesus say that? Because he knew the power behind the word. He knew in order for it to take place, he's going to have to speak it first. Are you listening? And so we see in Matthew 28, 5 and 6, the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. And see the place where he lay. See, I can't help but look back over my life and see the place where I laid. I laid in in pride, in arrogance, 
in ungodliness for year after year, and I just see the place where I laid. And no matter how many years I walk with God, I still see all those mistakes. But, but it's a good reminder because it reminds me where God has brought me from. You, you don't know how or where I should be right now. See, you're saying, well, he, he just made it. No, no, no. You don't see where I belong right now. Because when you are what they call a mule, everybody say mule. That, that means you, you load up the drugs in your vehicle and you drive to point A to point B and you, you put out over two kilos of heroin a trip. You don't know where I belong. And in all my anger, I just about de destroyed a man. They put two plates in his head because I beat him to almost to death. You don't know where I belong. But you're seeing where I laid, where I came from. And so we look back over our life where I was, but I got to see where I'm headed. I got to see that, that God has a plan just like he did for that fish. And he has a specific plan for my life. And it's not to sit in the church and just go through the motions. The plan is actually doing what it says to do. And when we do what he says to do, then we'll see the sign. Let's all stand. See what they did? They, they gave me a new clock and I can't. No, it just looks like a circle from here. I'm going to give me some neon orange or something. Can you read it, Sammy? No, that's the banner. You're looking, I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> Here's my sign. What has God called you to do specifically? Maybe he called you to be part of a a youth program. Maybe he's called you to do something that you've never done before in the church. Maybe he's called in you to step out your comfort zone at work and, and share with that lost soul, that, that one individual. Jesus said, I'm going to leave the 99 to look for that one. And you might be the one, that one domino that knocks one over, which knocks another you know, was it Malachi? Mordecai Ham was the one who led Billy Graham to the Lord. And through him, millions. It only takes one person to knock over your domino. You may not ever step foot in this church again, ever. That's fine. But I pray in the name of Jesus that God will use me to knock over your domino. Boom. Because once that ripple begins, it, it does not stop. I'm speaking to somebody I don't know. Hallelujah. I want you to close your eyes even now we speak. You may want to make a decision today. You may say, you know what, I just need prayer today. I, I know I've been called. I just, I need the faith to step out. Well, the Bible says you have not because you ask not, so come on. I'm here waiting in agreement with the word of God for the authority to be released upon your life. 
I had a phenomenal message when I left the prayer room, but it, it, man, I've messed it all up, but I did the best I could with it, but I walked by faith, and I hope that you got the word he was trying to use to get you to walk. Get up and walk. Are you feeling lame in your legs spiritually? Been that way your entire walk with Christ. I've been saved now 28 years. How many people have you led the Lord? Maybe one. Really? I'm going to set my mic down and pray for y'all. Are you going to leave here the same way? Or are you going to leave here and change? In other words, are you going to leave here and actually go? Right now, you're not even thinking about barbecue sandwiches. <laughs> you're not thinking about potatoes. and No, you're, not, you're thinking about right now for the first time. You're like, Church is over. I'm not even hungry. I'm hungry for something real. And right now, you say, you know what? I don't need that. What I need is to walk in obedience because I want to see an outpouring of God on my life like never before. You know what your problem is? You. <laughs> your problem is not God. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's not His Word. Your problem is you. Yes, ma'am. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray for this woman of God. She says, Lord, I don't want to be a little candle, a little flicker. Lord, I want to be like a lighthouse. I want to be a fire on the mountain. I want to be used by you in such a way, not for my glory, but to bring glory to the Lamb of God. Lord, right now I just pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would begin to grow this fire. Lord, kindle this fire. Make it grow, Lord. Lord, your word says if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Lord, you can make anything salty. Lord, you speak the word and it will be done. You say the word, Lord, right now. Tell this fire to grow and it will grow. And we praise you for the victory in Jesus' name. And God's people said amen.
You guys, you have a blessed week. And y'all guys, you want to put your hands together for Randy and, and, and amen, Charlie and, 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 and Chelsea. Y'all want to do one more? One more something. We're going to jam by faith. Y'all can go. Speak the name of Jesus.